Welcome to the Conquer Your Draft Podcast, where fantasy champions are made. Welcome back to the Conquer Your Draft Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Josh, and with me as always is Mike. How you doing, Mike? Well, I've lost uh, most reasons to wake up and uh, exist, so it's pretty good. It's always a good start, yeah. A good good start to the week. Good start to the it's, NFL offseason. Well, yeah, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you get you get the big game, and, and then now what? I guess we wait <laughs> for the, the draft? <laughs> yeah, I guess. That's, that is, well, we, there's a couple other dates. We got, like, free agency opens up, and that's about it. Yeah, the draft and that, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, free agency and drafting can be a lot of fun. I, I find the days leading up to and the days of are really exciting. Uh, but until then, you know, there's a lot of um, a lot of coaches still being hired. That's, uh, you know, that's about it. Yeah, we've got a lot of coaching news still. Um, I think all the head coaches now are hired, though, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think there's any... Yes, head I think we've, vacancies left. we've got our head coaches uh, and no landing spot for Bill Belichick. So, no, I, I imagine he's probably done now. Yeah, I mean, if, you know, he'll he'll go right to the media. Um, how as uninteresting as that'll be, but uh, I believe Fox is interested in him to be like a, an analyst or. I assume an analyst. I don't think going to be a commentator. Definitely not play by play. But I imagine. No. I imagine we're talking analyst. Yeah. Yeah, like in, I, I don't know. I think he'd have to be in one of those panel ones. Like he wouldn't be able to be like on his own or like with just one other person. He he would need, I think, like like you know, like the panels they have after the game sometimes. Where yeah. there's like five of them. Yeah, and I think it, I I do think it's about time we replace uh, the panelists. Personally, um, I think it's oh, time yeah? to yeah. I think it's time. I think I think we need we need new new panelists. Uh, I think I think there's a cut more than a couple people who've lost a step, and I think it's just time to to move on. Fresh blood. <laughs> the the fresh blood of Bill Belichick. No, I don't. I don't actually think it should be Bill Belichick. I don't think so. I don't think that. But like, if it was, you know, if you had Tom Brady and like other recent retirees or recent, you know, former coaches or former executives or what have you, but are a little bit more like in their fifties or forties, as opposed to here's this sixty or seventy year old dude who is kind of losing a step. Who was like a lot of them were great coaches or great players for a long time, and they've been absolutely phenomenal analysts. But there are some, there's just some times where they start talking. I'm like, I don't know what you're saying, and I have no idea where you're going with this, and you're not making a lot of sense. Is that how you feel listening to me, too? Um, no, you sometimes. Sometimes when I listen to you, it it breathes uh, an an anger that swells <laughs> through my soul, and then other times it's just more I roll my eyes uh, ah, and move on. Ah. You don't do the thing that I I don't 
really like where when talking about football, they'll be so consumed in like explaining what football is that, that they stop breaking down the play or the moment or putting it in context. They just talk about, well, this is how football is. And you got, you know, they're going to play football. They're going to do this. And it's just, it's so boring (laughs) to to Mm. me where I'm like, why don't you tell me exactly why this was, you know, great. And this was not, and what have you. And some of the, I don't know, there's just some narratives around coming into this week, at least not, not after the game, but around Brock Purdy and things where I'm just like, you don't know what you're talking about. Like regardless of who wins, these are this year the two best teams because they beat everybody else. They they weren't stopped, so it doesn't like it doesn't matter what their weaknesses are. They're the two best teams. Like if you're saying that they're one of these teams, just as an example, has a big weakness. Oh, the 49ers, the biggest weakness is they don't really have a good quarterback. Well, they have a better quarterback, I would argue, by by nature of just what happened, than thirty other teams because they're here and. This isn't the first time this franchise has been here recently, but with Brock Purdy, it is the first. And no one else is. So that's that's some of the things where I'm just like, you're stuck in your ways. The game's changing as it should. Any game that's going to survive is going to change and grow. And I just think, that, you know, some young blood people who've played the game recently in the modern era would be interesting to me. Tom Brady's insights would be interesting to me because not only did he win for a long time, he was part of different locker rooms which I find interesting. The differences between Tampa and uh, and the Patriots at two different times in his life and two different times in society. And dealing with Antonio Brown, I'd love to hear insights on that. You know, those types of things I think are more interesting. He, Antonio Brown played for the Patriots when he was there too, didn't he? Briefly? <clears throat> I think it was briefly, but I didn't... Wasn't it Belichick was just like, no... Like it was the year, I think it was the year that before Tom Brady left, they tried Antonio Brown and it didn't work. So it was very quick, if I'm remembering correctly. And then when Brady the next year went to Tampa, it's like, we got to get Antonio Brown here. Like it, I think it was more of a Brady thing. <laughs> yeah, I think you're right. If there's one guy we need, it's Antonio Brown. <laughs> and I'd love to, I'd love to hear his perspective. Absolutely. Yeah. Just sit him down a bit. Can you just explain what you were thinking? I would Please. love to hear that. Yeah. And like, that's, I think that's more just my point of just let's, let's just change it up. And it's just for a long time, it's been kind of the same guys on every single broadcast. And it's like, it's time to change it up. And the best example of it being successful is look at Tony Romo, right? Yep. Like he, he, he basically took over a big job from someone who had been around for a long time. And yeah, they teamed him up with Jim Nance. So that's someone who's around. Okay, fine. You can balance it out. Balance is great. You've got a bit of diversity in age. Makes total sense to me. Why not, you know, embrace that there could be other big media stars out there, even if they were lifelong backup quarterbacks or just had a one big moment, um, you know, throw Colin Kaepernick up there. You know, that oh. would be interesting. <laughs> that would be very interesting. That would. Who's 100%. the guy with all the kids? Who's the guy with all the kids? Philip like Rivers. Philip Rivers. Yeah, yeah. Throw Rivers up there. <laughs> yeah, I could, I could see. Well, the the Kaepernick one would one hundred percent ruffle some feathers, but uh, yeah, I don't. I think it's yeah. 
there's like a fine line between you want someone who knows what they're talking about and then somebody who kind of has like the media journalism kind of side of it, I guess. So I, I think you have to have that balance like like they do with Nance and uh, Romo. Yeah. You kind of have one one of each, right? Um and who who's who's Olsen paired up with? Craig Olsen. Oh, who is Olsen? The other really famous guy. <laughs> um that's another like big is it Chris Collinsworth? I no um Kevin something, isn't it? Kevin yeah, Kevin Burkhart, um, yeah. Burkhart, yes. Kevin Burkhart is who yeah, Olsen's teamed up with, yeah. Yeah, you get a good combination like that. It works out. I don't think you can have it anymore, like the two journalist guys, or and you definitely don't want two players because no, that can go off the rails. But yeah, I think they're starting to figure that out. You know, we get like the one kind of current uh, name value guy who can kind of do like what Romo has done and like break down plays. Like this is what they're going to be doing. And then you get like the the old school journalism side of things who kind of keeps it from going off the rails and. Mm-hmm. You know, I, th- I think that works out the best. I, th- I think you're right. And so, yeah, maybe they need to bring in some new some new ones. Did you hear, though, that th- they're looking at bringing Tom Brady in to replace Greg Olson? I The last article I'd read about that was basically kind of outlining, like, they're kind of in an unwinnable position because of how well Olson has done. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they can't really just get rid of him. But at yeah. the same time, they have a con- like a huge contract lined up for Brady, so they don't want to get rid of him either. But you know, would he be willing to take like a number two spot? Like it's it's a mess they've got themselves trapped in, and I don't know how they're gonna resolve it. Yeah, it's gonna be really interesting to see what they do there because yeah, they blindly and right off the bat were like, we got to jump on getting Brady before someone else does, and they offered him a a big contract, and and there you go. Like now you're in this position where you don't know what to do. But yeah, that's, it's so interesting to me that even the NFL can drive us to talk about their, their commentators. Like what other league can say that it's the, it's only the NFL who can have controversies at that level. A big contract gets signed and it's like, do we keep Tom Brady or do we keep Greg Olson as if it's a team, (laughs) but it's a network. And I think that's really uh, it's fascinating that the, the NFL transcends just being a sport. It's the fo- religion of football, Mike. The religion of football. Yeah. I mean, I think that's a, I think that's a really good analogy. Uh, in the right hands, religion can be powerful and, and can build community. And in the wrong hands, it can be uh, an absolute uh, disaster and a dumpster fire. Just like the Falcons this year. <laughs> well, you, well, yeah, you, are you blaming religion on the, on the Falcons' terrible play? <laughs> no, I'm just blaming Arthur Smith. And, you know, oh. in the right hands, the Falcons right, could right, have been great and yeah. built the football community up. And instead, <laughs> yes, instead, <laughs> it, was instead it was an absolute mess. Like, maybe maybe one of the worst, like, like you see teams have terrible records, but I don't know if we've seen a team with such potential just completely fall apart to the point where we were talking like not only on this show, but everyone was talking like week to week. What, what are they doing? 
Like it was such a topic of conversation. So yeah, I don't know if I can remember a team that had such hype and people are breaking down and being mad and angry at the way the team's being coached. No, I, I can't think I can't think of one that has imploded that badly. Like obviously mm-hmm. every year there's there's disappointments every year, like that just par for the course. Uh but yeah, I genuinely can't think of another team that, you know, everyone's looking at like, okay, look at all these weapons, you know, like their draft, everything, like the the stars are aligned for a great season and then just nothing. Yeah, terrible. I think they they won as many games as the Jets this year, who lost their quarterback four plays into the season. Yeah, yeah, I think they both finished seven and ten. Yeah, they did. Uh, both finished <laughs> seven and ten yeah, somehow. Yeah. And somehow yeah, the Falcons I, almost made the playoffs, even I'm, just because yeah, of well, how bad their division, division is. Yeah, that division is so yeah. bad. I mean, like Atlanta, we know they have talent around them. The Jets even without their quarterback had not only like a a great defense, they had young explosive offensive players. So you can kind of see them winning games here and there. And it's the same with the Falcons. Like it's almost as the Jets and the Falcons. It's a good comparable because they both had big things they had to overcome and fight against. And they somehow managed to win seven games out of that. So imagine the Jets with an actual quarterback and the Falcons with an actual coach. Will those two teams be that much better and that's i think what they're certainly the franchises are hoping for yeah well we'll have a fresh crack at it in a couple of months we'll see how it goes 250 days 250 days who's counting though right mike i mean you know i I got the hockey playoffs i guess yeah uh cfl will start up in june um probably gonna Oh, actually, no, my dinner tomorrow is not going to be pleasant. Never mind. Uh, probably going to have a good good dinner Friday. See you, <laughs> Okay. You know. I got a couple I'm things. I'm happy for you. I made a, just a side note, I made a, a really interesting grilled cheese today because I had a baguette and I cut the baguette and made mini grilled cheese sandwiches. And did it turn out okay? No. Oh, okay. So you would not recommend that? No, I really wouldn't. I don't even know what it was. I think there's just something with a baguette that's just different. Um, that it just doesn't quite make a good grilled cheese. I don't know why. I don't 100 percent understand why. But uh, yeah, I guess it would be it's too thick. Maybe that is it. It's just too thick to really oh. like melt the cheese properly and and kind of get yeah. that good taste. Yeah. That would be my guess. I thought guess, it was a good but... idea, but it didn't uh, didn't pan out, and uh, it was really, really, really disappointing. Um, yeah. Well, there you go. Some some cooking advice on the fantasy football show. <laughs> yeah, don't uh, don't go for the don't go for the baguette. But I did have lots of great food for my Super Bowl. Uh, didn't you know? I, I'm not really a, a huge drinker to begin with, but didn't really drink anything, but ate way too much, so I still got the hangover feeling on Monday. Lost some lost some money. Oh, yeah. Oh, just terrible. It looked really good at the beginning. And yeah, you're feeling felt, good. Started off, with the, started off with the win. Strong, yeah. solid win. I was right about the length of the national anthem. I was solid on that. And then, you know what? Um, stuff happened. And I missed a, <laughs> I missed a lot of bets. Um, 
Gatorade color, amount of times it showed Taylor Swift, amount of guest artists from Usher. Would he, Usher keep his shirt on or not? I just, I missed everything. Oh, man, you went with the shirt on? I went with shirt on. Oh, man. Yeah. What was the over-under on the artists? Uh, the over-under was th- like three and a half, like 3.5. So I said like, oh, I think three makes sense. So it was three, but it ended up being like five or six. Yeah, I was gonna say, there was <laughs> definitely, yeah. I, I have to say at least five. Yeah, yeah, there was at least five. I think there might, they might have listed six at the end. Yeah, because that I think there was like a guitarist who was famous. The female guitarist too? Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know, I, but yeah. I, I didn't know her either. I was trying to sort out who she was. Because um, yeah. I figured I figured she was somebody famous because she had a mic. So I was like, okay, there's more to it than this isn't just like somebody just playing a guitar. Yeah. But I didn't I did not recognize her. Um Yeah, as soon as Ludacris came out, I I knew I was done. Yeah. Yeah. It, that was weird. Like they were all having weird 30 second appearances. Yeah, it was very short. I mean, at least um Alicia Keys got a song and a half kind of at the beginning. Um yep. so like she kind of had a good moment, but then everyone else, yeah, I was like, here's a famous person for 30 seconds and move on. And it yep. was yeah, let's watch Usher rollerblade. Yeah. Yeah. That was confusing. That was <laughs> that was really good. I saw this really funny. I'm not a huge meme person. But I saw this really funny meme that uh that was from I think Family Guy. And it was there they're making fun of this musical called Starlight Express, which is about trains. Like humans play trains and they do it on roller skates. Okay. And so the, someone posted that being like Usher at the Super Bowl. <laughs> it's just like the Starlight <laughs> Express musical, which is basically like, because even the futuristic costume thing he was wearing, that's very Starlight Express. Like that's kind of what yeah. it looks like, which I don't think, I know Usher's a big musical theater fan, but I don't think he would know Starlight Express. No. no. He wanted to be in Chicago really bad, but that's a really famous. Yeah, that's musical. different. Yeah. Um. And Gronk missed the kick of destiny round two. Yeah, I mean, I didn't bet on that, but I honestly did think he was going to miss it. So I should have because I would have won that bet. See, I figured he was going to make it because he missed last year. So, okay, maybe like this year he spent a month or something practicing. Yeah, you know, I figured he's an athletic guy. He was in the NFL. You give him a month here, kick a field goal for 25 yards. Here's a month to practice. You'd think he'd make it. See, what you're describing is what scientists call the Nobel Prize Syndrome. So when someone excels in one area, like Gronk, I mean, is he a top 10, 5, 10 tight end of all time? Probably. Absolutely. Right? So he excelled in one area. He, you, a lot of people, think that they can just transfer that skill to something else. I think kicking is so specific that... He, it, it probably is really tough for him to do that. But Even it's still a, I believe he would practice too, but I still think that'd be really tough. It's still an athletic thing though. I mean, and 25 yards is not a huge, like, like if they were like, here, go kick a 50 yard field goal. Absolutely. 100%. I would be betting the, the miss, but 25 yards, like you'd think he'd be able to hit it. Like maybe like, I don't know if you ever played soccer growing up, like the skill is pretty transferable. But maybe he never did. Like, I don't know. Maybe he never did. That's the thing. Like, I think the the skill he excels at is not super transferable to to kicking a field goal. So I think he just, maybe he didn't practice enough. 
Maybe he didn't take it seriously enough. I don't know. When I was 14, I kicked a 25-yard field goal. So, See? but I but I can't do it now is my point. Yeah, <laughs> I, would, I would pull my groin. <laughs> I did fair. that walking over a puddle once, like, and that was recently. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's not, you know, it's not even like, like I almost blew my own Achilles out, like walking, you know, I pulled an Aaron, almost pulled an Aaron Rodgers. So I, I think, yeah, I, I think at the end of the day, each position is just, it's harder than it looks. And people always get down on kickers all the time. And they give them such a hard time. And it's like, well, it's probably, it's hard. It's really tough to do what they do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like at the end of the day, I can't say very much because I, I know for a fact I would not make that field goal. Um, maybe if you gave me like a month, like here, you don't have to do anything else for a month. Just practice kicking. And then here we go. Like then maybe. Yes. But I have yeah. other things to do with my time and my life than just practice kicking field goals. So yeah, I will. Yeah. I'll, I I'll settle for I'll, not making that, that kick. I figure all humans are capable of if you give us a month where we don't have any other responsibility and learn this thing, we'll probably learn the thing, but to different, yeah. obviously to different degrees. Cause I do think natural talent comes into play, but I think everyone mm-hmm. can mm-hmm. learn how to do something. It's just to what degree. So I agree, but I just don't, I don't know if he, he even practiced that much. Like I could see maybe a week or two leading up, he starts doing a bunch of practice kicks, but he's probably also someone who has other priorities and other things going on. So the messed up part though was uh, what uh, what was that actor's name? He he just passed away. Carl Weathers. Um, oh yes, because he was in all the commercials. He was in the commercial training <laughs> Gronk, and then yeah. Gronk misses the kick, and then they make like a in memoriam commercial out of it. I was like, oh my god, I forgot he he passed away, <laughs> and, and, it's and, so, and then they just brought yeah. it up in the commercial. Yeah. And I, I was, yeah, I was pretty speechless. I um, was just like, I couldn't believe it. Yeah. I was like, that is the most savage thing ever. Like, I'm sure, like, I don't even know what the tone was supposed to be. If it was supposed to be like in honor of him or like Gronk, you screwed up and this guy is dead now. Like what's wrong with you? Like, I, I don't know what the tone <laughs> yeah, was supposed to be. Yeah. That's uh, definitely. It was all going through my head. Tones. Yeah. Spe- and both spe- of them went through my head. Speaking of commercials, because in Canada, we don't get the same quality of commercials as the Americans do. But I was able to find and, and stream a couple of the, the really popular ones. I don't know if there was any commercials you were able to see. But the, that I don't know if you saw the Dunkin' Donuts one, because that was pretty good. No, it's I didn't ben see Affleck, any American ones. Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, Tom Brady, Dunkin' Donuts commercial. They're acting like idiots. It was, it was pretty funny. Like it was, I'll it have was to, I'll well have done. to YouTube it. That's a good one to look up. Um, there was the Uber Eats commercial was decent. They had like a bunch of stars in it, and that one was okay. We we actually got that here in Canada. Um, we didn't get the Dunkin' Donuts one because I had to, I had to look that up. So there was a couple decent commercials that people were talking about because that's I think a lot of people. The Super Bowl is three things: the game, the commercials, the halftime show. So, 100%. yeah, I think that, uh, yeah, I was able to get a couple of the commercials because everyone spends their big money and a ton of movie trailers get dropped uh, on the Super Bowl. So that's also a lot of fun for me because I like movies. Yeah, I'm going to do I just need to take a sidebar here for to rant about some commercials and then we'll get into the news. 
uh, yeah. so that we don't spend our whole time talking about it. Yeah, like Have last week it? when we like talked last about week. whatever for just <laughs> an yeah. hour. Yeah, exactly. Um, the Quest Trade commercials. Have you seen them? Do you know what I'm talking about? Quest Trade, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I hate those commercials with every fiber of my being. Jeez, a lot of people hate these commercials. You are not the first person to, to they are say that to me. So uncomfortable. It is like they took a robot and made and like, hey, draft a speech or draft a com- write a commercial script about finances. And then they went to like a local theater company and they're like, hey. Give us the names of all the people who auditioned for you that sucked and you didn't take. And then they went to like a community college campus and found all the people who are sitting by themselves and like, you come with me. You're going to be in a commercial. Oh, I've never acted before. Perfect. You are perfect. Threw them in a room and they're like, read this in the most monotone, boring, socially awkward voice you possibly can while making weirdly direct eye contact with the camera. (laughs) Nailed it. I hate those commercials so much. I don't get awkward very easily. It takes a lot to make me awkward. And every commercial of those that I watch, I feel secondhand uncomfortable. I hate them so much. And I had to sit through at least 15 during the Super Bowl because (laughs) that's all that kept playing. That's all we get in Canada. We get Quest Trade, the occasional Uber Eats or or like Chef's Plate, those types of things. Yeah, that's a lot of what we get. We get, yeah. I I had to get that off my chest. I already ranted during the Super Bowl about it, but I had to subject you and our what remains of our audience to that as well. Yeah, I feel... I hate them. Yeah, they're definitely, I can kind of see what you're saying. Like, I think a lot of people, a lot of people agree with you. This isn't like the first, second, third, fourth, fifth time I've heard that. Like, I've heard it a lot. Um, But I think, I don't know, it doesn't bother me as much as it bothers everybody else. Maybe because it bothers everybody else so much that it doesn't bother me. Maybe, (laughs) yeah. Where I'm just kind of like, yeah, you know. Yeah, it is, commercials, it is. like, I usually don't care. I don't I don't even pay attention to them. I hardly ever see them. I don't have cable uh, where yeah. I'm living currently. Uh, but for some reason, whenever I do see a commercial, it's always one of those. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it feels targeted. Yeah, but and anyway. it's, it's unfortunate that we get so many of them. Like, we only have so many sponsors in, in Canada for, for football and so many. There's only so many businesses that are in both Canada and the U.S., I'm noticing like we actually don't have as much crossover, at least in the marketing where they feel the marketing is effective as you would think there would be. So we do get a lot of it. So I do. Yeah, I I do understand that. Yeah, they're not they're not great commercials, but, you know. Whoever's in the marketing team should be fired. Anyways, let's dive into some news. So the Seahawks hired uh, Ravens defensive coordinator Mike McDonald to be their new head coach, and he becomes the league's youngest head coach as a result. I think, was it who the Patriots hired was briefly the youngest or the Chargers? Yes, I think it was one of the two. Patriots, yeah. Yeah, that that didn't last very long. Um, Speaking of which, I just want to, I want to deviate to the Super Bowl real quickly, just talking about a record the longest field goal in a Super Bowl record that the rookie kicker for the 49ers set. And then like five minutes later, 
the Chiefs kicker Harrison Butker yeah, kicks like four breaks. yards longer. Yeah. Breaks, <laughs> breaks the like, record that was just set. <laughs> yeah, I was like, of course. Was like, poor rookie. He's like, oh man, rookie season, set a record in the Super Bowl. Just kidding. Got it taken away immediately. Yeah, he uh, had it for a few seconds, but. Yeah, I, th- I think it was all of like five minutes in the game, but <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's just, that That reminded me of that. Um, the Washington Commanders are hiring the Cowboys defensive coordinator, Dan Quinn, to be their new head coach. So I'm very interested to see how that pans out with some of the weapons that, uh, that the Commanders have and with how strong of a defense they've historically had. Now, they sold off big parts of it, so he's going to be a more defensive-minded head coach. Maybe he'll be able to kind of make the best of what's left. Mm. Uh, I'm not sure, but I'm, I'm very interested to see how that goes, um, especially with how well he turned around, or, well, not turned around, but what he was able to do with the um, with the Cowboys defense, and then right now the Commanders have the number two overall draft pick, so I... I'm very excited to see what Washington can do next year. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. I think, I think they've got some talent around them. So if they make some good decisions in this off season, then yeah, they, they could have a pretty good team. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders are hiring Car- former Cardinals head coach, Cliff Kingsbury to be their new offensive coordinator. I, don't know what that's going to look like because I don't know who's going to be uh, who's going to be quarterback. I think Cliff kind of does well with a really mobile quarterback like he had with Kyler. I don't know about. Well, I don't know who's going to be the quarterback for the Raiders, and I don't. I don't think any of the ones they currently have really fall under that archetype. So no, and I don't. I think they still have Garoppolo under contract. This is this is the part in the of the offseason where we gotta pull up team financials and look at who who's expiring and who they have because the I thought I thought that Garoppolo, who's had some struggles, has signed a relatively long term contract. So it, it'll be interesting to see what they can even do. Yeah, we might get a bit more. We might we might get more um, more of an idea on that once the free agency kicks in and see if he's still on the team or not if he's not cut or yeah cut his or, situation is or, yeah doing doing whatever because yeah that's like the Raiders are in a situation where they've got to they obviously have to do something there um, and if they're stuck with Garoppolo then yeah it's interesting okay Garoppolo. So the total value of his current contract is over $72 million. I think um, they have to, I think they have to cut him. <laughs> 46% of it is guaranteed. Um, so yeah, I mean, they're going to be out some money regardless, but it, yeah, they're, you can't hang on to a quarterback that's either going to barely play or you're in a situation where he's just not getting the job done the way you thought he was. So it's interesting to kind of see what they're going to do there. But yeah, they need to do something at quarterback. 
Now, the only other thing I think of is Vegas sits at number 13 right now in the draft. Maybe they could do a trade, trade up, and trade Garoppolo away with it. Yeah, it's possible. Uh, that's the only other thing I can think of. Some- um, but I think if, they, if well, if they need to, if they're going to try to draft a quarterback, they they need to move up from 13th anyway. So yeah, yeah, they're not going to get a quarterback at 13. No, no, definitely not. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers have named Arthur Smith as their new offensive coordinator. So I won't be drafting a single Steeler next year. I think I, I think I won't be touching that team. What could you have possibly seen out of his decision making <laughs> that makes you go like, "Yep, that's our guy." Yeah, I don't know. I well, I guess I mean they were coming from Matt Canada, so maybe they, they're like, you know, it can it be worse? And I'm pretty sure the answer is yes, but that's something the Steelers are going to have to learn on their own now. Looks like they just proved it can be worse to me, but we'll see. Before the season even starts, yeah, yeah, I, uh, yeah, I don't know what uh, what they're thinking personally, but hey, I'm I'm just gonna avoid Arthur Smith related players from now on. So no Deontay Johnson, no George Pickens, no uh, no Najee, no. Uh, no one. No one on the Steelers teams. I'm I'm out. Yeah. There's a rumor floating around uh, that the Vikings are interested in trading up to the number one pick for a quarterback, which would imply, obviously, that they're not going to bring Kirk Cousins back. Um, I've also seen Chicago wants like a historic haul in, for the number one overall draft pick. So... I don't know if those two things can really come together or not, but Minnesota's sitting at number 11 right now, so they need to trade up to at least Washington or New England's position to get a quarterback. And um, with only the 11th pick that they have, you're going to have to be given up something else significant. Yeah. Yeah, and I don't know what... I don't really know. Oh, yeah, I don't even know what they could give up. Because they're not going to give up Hawkinson. They're not going to give up Jefferson. They're not going to give up. No. I... It's, it's one of those scenarios yeah, where I, I don't know. They might make a trade we're not expecting, like the 11th and some player that we're like, why would you trade that person? But it's because in, internally, in a best case scenario, they ha- they just feel they have someone. Like you know, like letting Dalvin Cook go or what have you, they just feel like, well, we we feel like we can fill this position, whatever it happens to be. So that's the only way I can see it because it has to be someone significant. Like it would have to be the eleventh and a significant player, or and probably whatever. some other picks too. On top, oh, of I'm it, sure, I'm sure it's not going to be two pieces for for the number one pick. But yeah, if I was Chicago, I mean, I would okay. If you want the number one overall pick, yeah, you're going to have to pay a real big haul for it um if you want just like if you want fields maybe i would be willing to pay a little bit less but i still have i'm under no obligation to trade to trade him at this point so yeah i i as far as i'm concerned it makes sense for chicago to say yeah you you want this pick or you want our quarterback gotta pay a big haul for it 
Yeah, I'm I'm very interested to see if well, I'm very interested to see what the Bears do with the pick, regardless of who gets it. Yeah. Um and what the team has to give up. But I I would be interested to see what the Vikings trade away in order to make that work without bankrupting their future. Yeah. Um and speaking of the Vikings, the Cowboys are hiring the former Vikings head coach, Mike Zimmer, to be their new defensive coordinator, which I think is a pretty good fit because Zimmer was a pretty defensive-minded head coach when he was with the Vikings. So I think that he might have a good shot of kind of filling in with Dan Quinn and keeping the Cowboys' defense as strong as it has been. Uh, the NFL has approved an international game to be played in Madrid, Spain in the 2025 season. So what do we got now? We've got what Mexico City, uh, London, Madrid. Uh, is Berlin have one? I can't remember if Berlin is, is the other one. But they've never been like, to Madrid, I, th- I don't they, think. There's so many. Uh, no, M- Madrid will be new. Um, but there's so many now. I, I can't even keep track of them all. It's the only place for them to go. You know, that's the NFL. They want to expand and keep growing. They've already conquered the U.S., frankly. So the world is their next step. I think ideally the NFL wants four teams in Europe. A Europe division. I think that's what they want. Yeah, I could see it. They are, they've been expanding their marketing throughout Europe. Um, looks like uh, there's a game in Munich, Germany. Hmm. So, yeah, I'm... I don't know. That It, it would be weird with the international like if there was a european division though just with the time differences like yeah the time differences will throw people off i think the only way they could do it is by having a division because there's like in terms of 17 games there's six for each team like within the division so that's fine and then you know you only have like what a handful of home games from there i think they'd probably have to do like um like in hockey, like the road trips, you know, yeah. like, uh, yeah, you'd be gone for a couple weeks. You'd have a team travel for a couple of weeks to play through, you know, three play three, the, all three or four teams and then leave, you know, like, that's, yeah, you'd have, that's the only way you could do it. Yeah. Play like three home games, then go play three or four away games. Maybe have your bye week, come back, play a couple, yeah. Go on the road for the last couple or for another couple and then finish off at home kind of a thing. I don't know. Yeah, the uh, last couple weeks of the season, you know, can be interdivision play type of thing. Like I, I honestly think that's where the NFL is going. Like they they're going they're going to expand. They're probably feeling like they've got to get out of the US market. Like they've got to grow um beyond the US. Yeah. Yeah. That would make some just trying to think like what teams like the teams playing them would have to play probably like would have to go there, you know, and play like uh play all four of them like on a road trip, essentially like be gone for a month or something, or like at least two I, of them. Like you wouldn't want to go two. for one week, yeah, right? At least two. I think it would be like a, yeah, you, you probably do everything in pairs 
Yeah, I think that's probably how they do it. Yeah, that that's gonna be hard for the away team there. Like that, those games, and 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 hard for the the European teams if they went like on their road trips. Like home field advantage in those games is gonna be huge. Oh yeah, the playoffs too. Like even like they, I'm sure the there we talk about how to expand the playoffs and how to make it work. Um, but yeah, mm-hmm. I could yeah. definitely I could see it. I just yeah, in terms of the NFL, in terms of where things are going as they've been like relocating and and I think stabilizing some of their franchises, I think they have their eyes set on okay, next step is expansion, and it's got to be the world. I don't know if there's too many more places in the U.S. they feel they need to put a team or they can put a team. Yeah. I mean, if they're not expanding into Canada or Mexico, then Europe I'd say would be the only place really. Yeah. Like it's um, possible they do. Cause again, with the NFL, everything trying to keep everything as like equal between the two conferences as possible. I could see them being like, well, in the NFC, here's the four teams that are all from Europe. And in the AFC, here's like the Mexico City team. I mean, I don't think they'll do this, but maybe a team in Toronto, probably not, but like that would be an option. And then two more somewhere else in the US, like, and only have to expand to two cities. And like, there's your 18 expansion, four in each, and everything's equal again. I could see something like that happening where they still have a Europe division and some other international flavor division. But that with Mexico City and with even Toronto or, I don't know, maybe St. Louis tries to get a team back again, you at least have the time zones within North America for that. Yeah. I don't know. Very interesting. Very interesting. Um, last bit of news. So the Raiders are not expected to trade Devontae Adams this offseason. I, I don't think there was a big expectation that they would I think maybe it might have been uh, like um, he wants out but I don't think they want to trade him he's like the, one of the cornerstones of their offense yeah um, well let's quickly go over the um, the winners of the NFL's awards this year was there any that surprised you um, I was a little surprised for coach of the year, not because I didn't think it was well-deserving. I just didn't think that was the direction. Everyone yeah. else did not, did not shock me really. The only thing I would say, okay, so here's my quick, quick hot takes. Um, rookies of the year made total sense. Both from the Texans made total sense to me. I still think Christian McCaffrey should have been the MVP as well as Offensive Player of the Year. I think he was just... Both, eh? Yeah, I think he was the best player all around. Now, nothing to take away from Lamar Jackson, who would be my runner-up, but um, Christian McCaffrey, I just think he was, without a doubt, a mile ahead of everyone, is is inconsistently one of the best players in the NFL. Um, and then, yeah, with Coach of the Year, you know, I, I'm a little surprised. Like, I think the Browns definitely... Um, I think they proved a lot. And they, they did a lot with, with a little, and that's why your coach gets some attention there. Um, Joe Flacco winning, like, comeback player of the year, like, obvious. Um, but, yeah, I just – I was a little surprised to coach the year. That didn't quite – I just never really thought of of uh, the Browns in, in that way. 
where did you think it, where did you see it going? To be honest with you, I don't hundred percent know. Like, I don't know if I have a pick for coach of the year necessarily. Um, but again, like I might've looked at like a team like Texans who also kind of mm-hmm. surprised anybody and got in there. And I know they had like two wonder rookies who won, but I mean, the Browns had two other players who won major awards too. So if you're saying, well, you know, the, the players are the ones who did it. Well, Miles Garrett won Defensive Player of the Year, and he's a Brown. So, like, the Texans, like, I just always think of, like, who's the surprise team or who overperformed the Texans being one of them. As much as he's a little, a little weird, like, the Lions, Dan Campbell, also that would have made some sense because the Lions did something that that franchise hasn't really been able to uh, to celebrate anything for a very long time. So that's another one where I just thought those were some of the bigger stories this year. The Browns to me was like, oh yeah, the Browns are overcoming some diversity on offense, but like they have a stellar defense and we know this. So to me, it was Texans lions were more of the story this year. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Ryan's uh, D'Amico Ryan's for the Texans actually finished in second. He, he just barely lost to Stefanski. Um, and then Dan Campbell was number three, but it was a very, very, very wide yeah. margin between Stefanski and Ryan's and then Campbell. So, I mean, the NFL tracks with what you thought. They just gave the edge to Stefanski. Yeah, which which is interesting. Um, I just if I were to make a list of like what were the overachieving teams this year and the biggest storylines, honestly, I don't even think the Browns would have been on my list. Really, I know they overcame like a quarterback. I don't even know what's going on there, quarterback, and they're losing their the best running back. Um, but still, I don't know. Uh, even the Rams having a bounce back year to me was more of yeah. a story. Yeah, no, that's all fair. I I I too think I would have gone with with uh, D'Amico Ryan's, but uh, I mean, I can see with the Browns too. You know, they they did have to overcome quite a bit to be as competitive as they were. Um. And, and they always were competitive, like each week, right? So I, I can see it. But yeah. just to just to run through it for all of our listeners, uh, in case they're unaware, so C.J. Stroud from the Tex- Houston Texans won Offensive Rookie of the Year, as well as Will Anderson from the Houston Texans won Offensive Defensive uh, Defensive Rookie of the Year. Sorry. Um, so both Rookie of the Year awards went to the Texans. Christian McCaffrey from the San Francisco 49ers won Offensive Player of the Year. Miles Garrett from the Cleveland Browns won Defensive Player of the Year. And was joined by Kevin Stefanski from the Cleveland Browns with Coach of the Year for the second time now. And Joe Flacco from the Cleveland Browns won Comeback Player of the Year. Um, That one, I wasn't sure if it was going to go to Flacco or to DeMar Hamlin, because I did see a lot of social media hype around that. Hmm. Um, and I do think that one was close too, but it ultimately it obviously went to uh, to Joe Flacco. And Lamar Jackson from the Baltimore Ravens was named the MVP for the 2023 season. I I too was surprised that it wasn't Christian McCaffrey as the MVP. I don't know if I would have given him both, um, but certainly I think like overall he was the most valuable player in the NFL this year. But uh, I mean he 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 got the offensive one, I guess. So he he still got something. It wasn't like. Uh, wasn't like a big snub or anything. No. Uh, well, with the the time that we have left, why don't we dive into our Super Bowl recap, Mike? What were what were your thoughts on the Super Bowl? 
Um, I thought that the first half was a little slow, um, a little, a little not too entertaining, and exciting. Um, but I really thought the second half was great. I like, I, I really did. Um, I enjoyed the second half. I thought the the fourth quarter, especially and into overtime, was exciting, was entertaining. Um, to me, these were two of the best coached teams. They were not. I mean, they made mistakes, but they weren't likely to have too messy uh, of a game. The mistakes and the messy moments is what makes things super exciting often. When people describe the entertainment of sports, it's usually because it was messy or something big happened and crazy. And when those moments happened, it was really exciting and I was brought back. But there was a lot of the game that was, you know, mechanical defenses, shutting down offenses who couldn't get it done. And that can sometimes be boring. Um, so, yeah, my my reaction first half, kind of slow kind of a snooze fest, but I, I really liked the second half. I thought that was really good football. Um, and I, uh, I enjoyed it overall. Yeah, it was considering how high powered both offenses were. I kind of thought it would have been a more, a bit more exciting. Um, I wasn't expecting the defense now, now don't get me wrong. Cause both teams do have very good defenses too. Uh, but historically the offense usually wins out in the Super Bowl because, just the nature of we're in the Super Bowl. It's for everything. Kind of teams are pulling out all all the stops. Um, so I, I did think the first half was pretty boring. Um, there were some things though that I still saw that I saw throughout the whole playoffs, especially from the Chiefs, and it was their offensive struggles. Because, um, like to be to be frank, their defense won them that game. Their offense didn't. Uh, they their defense. If if the 49ers had capitalized on a handful of the opportunities that they got, then the game was over. I mean, you know, if if they had gone and scored a touchdown in overtime, obviously the uh, the Chiefs came back down the field and scored as well. Uh, but I think then it would have been pretty much up in the air. I knew once they kicked a field goal that the game was over. And the, the Patrick Mahomes like you can't give him that many chances. Especially, you know, when you got like third and 12 or third and 15 and then second and 15 and third and six and you're letting them convert these kind of large down and distances. Um, so I don't I don't think that was so much the Chiefs, though, is just. The, the 49ers defense at that point was just exhausted. They had, they contained him for four full quarters and then that was it. They couldn't they just couldn't do it any longer. Um, but the Chiefs defense shut down the 49ers offense. They were not able to put together long, consistent drives. They weren't running Christian McCaffrey for a large portion of the game. They kind of figured that out towards the end of the game there. Uh, and then they scored a touchdown. So I think if they had maybe stuck to that script, because the Chiefs run defense is much weaker than their passing defense. And Brock Purdy... By no, by no means is Brock Purdy a bad quarterback, but he is not like he's not a Patrick Mahomes or a Josh Allen who, or a Lamar Jackson who are going to cut you apart, right? He's very good at what he does, but he's not going to dissect your defense. He's just not there yet. Um, he could get there eventually, but he's not there yet. And you, you have the best running back in the league and you're not leaning on him. Um, I think that was something that the uh, the 49ers did that hurt them. But what I saw with the four, with the Chiefs for a vast majority of that game was they too weren't they weren't clicking. It was like what we saw throughout the playoffs. They were having a lot of miscues, drops. They weren't on the same page. 
Uh, plays were getting blown up like at the line of scrimmage. It was just not working out for them, and they outlasted the 49ers because the 49ers were having struggles of their own thanks to the Chiefs' defense. Um, and then turnovers and special teams hurt the 49ers. Like they could have, I, I genuinely think they might have won that game had that punt not uh, been a turnover to the Chiefs if it hadn't hit uh, the one blocker's uh, foot. That was a huge momentum swing. Let the Chiefs get on uh, some extra points on the board. Ultimately led to it going to overtime. Um, and I mean, that's, you know, when, when I played football uh, in high school, uh, my coach said to the team one time, like, I, I don't remember what the number he was. I think it, maybe it was five, maybe it was seven. Let's say five. Um, you can go back through any football game and pick five plays. And those five plays are the difference between winning and losing. And that turnover 100% is going to be in, in those five and kicking a field goal instead of going for a touchdown in overtime. There's another one, you know, so just, just bad mistakes by the 49ers, I think cost them the game because the chiefs weren't putting points on the board. Like we know that they can, you know, like any other, uh, the, the chiefs fully functioning, it, it would have been, a really high scoring affair. They would have buried the 49ers despite how good the 49ers defense is. That's how good their offense is when they were running full tilt for the past few weeks. We've kind of seen them very subdued for whatever's going on. They haven't been at full strength and the 49ers just couldn't capitalize on that with their own, with their own uh, offensive miscues. Uh, that That's what I took away from the game. Not to say that the Chiefs didn't deserve to win because they ultimately outplayed the 49ers and they overcame the mistakes that they made. The 49ers didn't. Uh, and quite frankly, at the end of the day, that's that's enough to win you a Super Bowl and enough to lose a Super Bowl. But yeah, and you I can't think, sell like, for field goals against the Chiefs. With all with all your negativity there, I think it's important to remember that like context matters. And Patrick Mahomes... Regardless of, okay, he didn't play well until overtime. Who gives a crap? <laughs> overtime is what matters. He went down and scored a touchdown. And the one thing you said that I really do agree with is, like, you can't just kick a field goal and then be like, okay, now Mahomes will have the whole field to march down the field and we'll be able to stop him. No, he's an elite quarterback. And I think that, like, yeah. that has been sometimes forgotten where there's this sense of when it's an elite player, Tom Brady, Patrick Mahomes, which – I think now you can mention him up there. The team around you can suck and you can do the right thing at the right time and win you the game. And that's exactly what happened. The team was good enough to get you to overtime. So these two teams, to me, are equal. Because why are they equal? Because they were tied. They both couldn't finish the other one off in overtime. I mean, sorry, in regular season. It, it was overtime. So they're pretty on par relatively. They were both making mistakes. Yeah, I agree with you. They won't. They were both as sharp. Um, when the Chiefs can get going, they can score in bunches. When the 49ers get going, they can score in bunches. They can. Mm-hmm. When they're at their best, this game, if this game was 55 to 50, I, I wouldn't be shocked. They nope. both nope. offenses are capable of that. So they both made mistakes. They both weren't their best. They both had issues. And the team that came on top is a dynasty. Yeah, the team winners. that's been there before. Yeah. Been there before. Figured it out. Knew how to do it. And and one thing I will say is that I think the narrative on Brock Purdy needs to end. He is the 49ers quarterback moving forward. He took Oh, I fully them, I fully agree with that. Absolutely. He, he took them to overtime 
against the Chiefs. So there you go. It wasn't his fault. The mistakes you're bringing up, that's coaching decisions. That's game yep. management. That's play calling. None of that has anything to do with, with Brock Purdy, Not- who was able to move them down, who was able to get them into scoring position, who was able to do the things he does well. I don't remember there being a million interceptions in this game. Nope. Um, I, I think, though, they should have leaned on the running game just because of the defense oh, they were playing. I agree. Um, and also, it probably helps to know what the playoff overtime rules are if you're going into overtime in the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's that's uh, on management and coach. A hundred percent. To not yeah. exp- know that and explain that and to research it and to know it because that's that's inexcusable in my opinion. Yeah, and I don't know. Like, I I full, I can understand both arguments of if if you can, if you want the ball first, like fine. Um, I understand the flip side of it is if you get this ball second, you know what you have to get. Like the Chiefs knew they had to get a touchdown to win, or they could still settle for a field goal and and tie. Um, so I understand that argument, but at the same time, knowing that they're going to get the ball back, why would you kick the field goal mm. when you're that close? No, but that's that's coaching that like that's not on Brock Purdy anything like that um that that's coaching decisions and like I said the handful of the five plays in the game that's that's one of them yeah definitely I mean it's uh it it was definitely it came the fact that it came into overtime either team I think could have won this game but the team with the quarterback who's going to probably over the next couple of years continue to prove himself as a as an absolute star quarterback an elite quarterback that's the team that won so i think at the end of the day yeah you do you do have to look at that and say well when you have an elite quarterback this is what can happen regardless of what the rest of your team looks like regardless of how many crazy receivers drop drop the ball he's still able to to will them into it even if he has to throw the ball so hard it just knocks you over and you happen to catch it (laughs) <laughs> that's all right and that is it for this episode thank you very much for joining us take care stay safe